Welcome to the official Jets podcast. We're presented by WinBet. Betting is a team sport. Bet together at WinBet. Eric Allen and Bart Scott here for a final time as we recap the 2022 season. Let's start it right there, Bart. Robert Sala, the Jets head coach, when the players returned from Miami on Monday inside their lockers, they had black T-shirts hung with, in white, the word finish printed on them. What do you think about that as a message as this team heads away for the offseason? Well, I think it's an appropriate message, right? When you think about the Jets and their season in totality, they got out to a fast start, but understanding that, you know, this is a battle of attrition and it's a marathon, not a sprint. And it's how you finish. And I think they got an education on what it's like to play in high pressure, tense games. And when both sides and both teams need the game equally, being able to match the intensity, uh, the intensity of your opponent, but also being able to match the intensity of the moment and execution and understanding that these games usually come down to who makes the play and who don't make the play. We talked about it a little bit last week, but looking back at it, the Jets, when they left Denver, they were 5-2. and two. But during that game, Brees Hall goes down, Elijah Vera Tucker goes down. The Jets never seem to recover after that. I would argue that the high point of their season actually was without both of those guys in a the lineup. They beat the Buffalo Bills at home. They were once 6-3, uh, and three. but of course, they start 7-4 and four overall and the year on a six-game losing streak. My point on this, my question is, yes, we're going to point to Hall and AVT as those injuries being devastating. But in your mind, what went wrong for the Jets overall? Why did they lose six games down the stretch with the playoffs in the grasp? Okay, you can, you can say why different different ways, but really it's the what, right? They weren't able to run the football. They weren't able to score in the red zone. And in pivotal times, they weren't able to get stops. And also, you know, special teams and being able to execute on special teams cost them. Now, you can talk about the why, but that would take a lot longer than probably we have, you know, slotted for this show. But the what is, that's what really happened. They became one-dimensional. They couldn't run the football, and they couldn't get a lead to let that great defense play from in front. And it forced them to have to play and, and throw the ball far too much which exposed their quarterbacks and ultimately led to them not getting to where they wanted to be. All right, so quarterback instability plagued the Jets throughout the year. Uh, it was ironic that Joe Flacco started this season for this team against the Baltimore Ravens. The team ends the year in Miami, and Joe Flacco is the starting quarterback. In between, we saw Zach Wilson get a couple stints. He was benched a couple times. Mike White came on, uh, gave it a go. Unfortunately, the ribs wouldn't let him play uh, down the stretch. And we even saw Chris Strebler. When you look at where the Jets are at from a roster perspective and a cap perspective, what do you think Joe Douglas and Robert Sala should be thinking about the quarterback position heading into 2023. Zach Wilson, obviously on the roster, but Joe Flacco and the aforementioned Mike White, free agents. Well, when you look at it, they got to decide who's going to be their backup. You know, Joe Flacco wants to be a starter. Mike White believes that he's a starter. Uh, you think about Joe Flacco, maybe easier to convince that, hey, sit here and, and be our emergency backup. Um, but if you're saying that, I think you have to address the position 
you know, and look at all the available options that you have, whether it's Jimmy G, who has, you know, continuity and familiarity with Robert Sala, whether uh, you think about, you know, David Carr, you know, and, and thinking about uh, Derek you know, Carr, and, yep. Derek, I'm sorry, Derek Carr, and, and, and considering, you know, he's available, you know, that's something that you might have to make a quick decision on, and it might be too quick for the Jets. When you think about his contract expires and he's, you know, they have to make the, the Raiders have to make a decision three days after the Super Bowl. So that means that those conversations have to start now. You talk about the other guys, Geno Smith. Are they going to decide in, in Seattle to, to, to use that high pick that they have for quarterback? And what, what does that mean for uh, Geno Smith? What does it mean for Sam Darnold and Charlotte? Right. So it's so many guys that are going to shake loose. Not only are you thinking about all options, Tom Brady's a free agent. What's going to happen there? Right, you have to consider everything. Aaron Rodgers, does Aaron Rodgers want to come back and play underneath the same roster? That's why you really have to have some some feet on the ground to be able to get in some of these inner circle conversations to see what's likely to happen. You have to have multiple plans. If this guy shakes loose, do we what what are what are we willing to give to him, and how does that affect the entire roster? And that's all the things and equations you have to have: plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. You have to put in, and you may have to move fast. But sometimes the um, slow and steady wins the race. Yeah, bottom line here is our external analyst. You can talk about guys with expiring contracts and also uh, look at uh, how the dominoes potentially might fall in the NFL's offseason. We got a ways to go before we get to March. Let's talk about Wilson in particular. Salah said this week, through hell or high water, we're going to be committed to developing this young player. What do you think Wilson has to do just as he starts his third professional offseason? I can't believe we're talking about his third professional offseason. Seems like yesterday he walked through the door here at One Jets Drive. Yeah, but it may still be time for a gap year. Uh, you just sometimes you got to take a step back, and you know you always have to consider whether it was Mark Sanchez, whether it's Sam Darnold, whether it's Zach Wilson you know, really being forced to start and not really having a, a real backup to teach them how to be a pro. When you think about some of the, the most elite players in the league right now, they were guys that played a lot of football in college. Whether you mm-hmm. talk about Josh Allen, I don't care what the competition was, he played a long time. You need not just look at Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was at Pitt, transferred, went to Delaware, played a lot of football. You look at a guy like Mac Jones, a guy who came in, it seemed like he was more pro-ready than everybody in that class. He played a lot of football and set and waited, right? And, and you know, unfortunately, the Jets haven't been able to bring in a young quarterback and allow him to sit and grow. I remember a time when Phillip Rivers came in. He sat behind Drew Brees before he was given the keys to the car. You talk about Patrick Mahomes, who had played a lot of football, mm. sat behind Alex Smith. You talk about Carson Palmer, who was the number one overall pick, sat behind John Kitna. But, you know, I think we got spoiled by Joe Flacco, Mark Sanchez, seeing guys come in and now Joe Burrow come in and, and really have success. That's very, very rare. But it doesn't mean that your quarterback's not good because he doesn't look like them this first or second year. It just means that you have to have a plan. And they said maybe they made a mistake. You heard LaFleur. You heard, you know, Robert say, hey, hey maybe we rushed this kid along too fast. And sometimes when you want a good meal, you got to let it marinate. You got to let it simmer. You got to let all the things come together because he doesn't have the experience because he doesn't have the reps in college. So now how do you get him those reps? You see it happening with Jordan Love. You saw it happen with Aaron Rodgers. Why do we think that Zach Wilson would be any different? 
Jets lost a great man, and the NFL community lost a great man when Greg Knapp was tragically yep. struck out on his bicycle um, by a distracted driver. He was hit by a distracted driver. He was going to be assigned to Wilson. He was going to be such a big presence in here, wasn't he? Uh, looking back at it, two years into his career, number one is obviously you're never going to replace a person. And Knapp was beloved throughout the National Football League. But his wisdom and his experience and the work that he did with so many quarterbacks in his time, it was going to help not only Wilson, but the entire coaching staff and the Jets organization. People don't, you know, a lot of times people think about the coordinators, but they don't think about the pieces. Like, you know, I spent more time with my, you know, with, you know, Bob Sutton, you know what I mean? you know, in intimate moments and helping my development. You know, it's not always about the coordinator. Sometimes it's about the individual coaches. And, you know, Nat was brought in to, to help like he did with Michael Vick, like he did with Steve Young, to bring all that knowledge and, and, and wisdom that he has collected over, not just, you know, from certain, from all different types of quarterbacks. When you think about it, you know, you think about the different styles in which he's helped guys. And that's knowledge that, you know, unfortunately left with Nat and they're going to have to find a way to try and assign somebody to him that can teach him and develop him, somebody that's having those private conversations in the back of the meeting room. You, know, you think about Peyton Manning. Well, it was Tom Moore and what he did all, all the time and helping Peyton Manning, who struggled his first couple of years as well, trying to turn over and, and change the, the um, stripes of an organization. Same thing is different. I think we, we got so excited, and we kind of rushed this kid along, and now they have to come with a different plan to figure out What's the plan moving forward? But at the same time, they have to bring in somebody that can help deliver now because this roster is ahead of schedule. Uh, speaking of the roster being ahead of schedule, that's a perfect transition. If the Jets are indeed quarterback shopping for a veteran here in a couple months, how attractive of a destination has this become because of the pieces around the quarterback position? I mean, I think it's, 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 a, it's a very attractive destination, right? Everybody sees how hard the Jets played. Everybody sees that they're right there on the doorstep. And, you know, if they average 22 points a game, if the Jets average 22 points a game, they'll be a, they would have won 11 games, right? That's the reality of it, right? And, you know, you're thinking that, hey, if I'm a free agent, I'm saying, hey, I can come and be that different. They have, they have the money to, to really get my services. Um, and I believe that this team is, is right there, right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if – if they became the Cincinnati Bengals or if they had the same fortunes and made the same leap as the San Francisco 49ers, right? To go from seven, uh, seven wins to winning a division happens all the time. Yeah. It's usually about that, right? They, they establish a culture. They have a young core. The young core can continue to get experience. Guys are going to continue to develop. The system is going to continue to get mastered. And then now you take the next step. So they, they got to go out and they got to shore up some more pieces. But Joe Douglas in the last two years have brought in young, talented depth for this team to be able to be successful in the near future. Are there positions in need um, here when you look at the roster overall? Maybe we start with the offensive line, nine different starting combinations this year. Center Connor McGovern is a free agent. I'm sure Dwayne Brown's got to figure out what he wants to do. George Fant is a free agent as well. You hope AVT is back 100% next year, Lincoln Tomlinson back next year. But uh, would you start there with the offensive line? And, and Makai Becton sound very good the other day. It's a very important offseason for him, no doubt about that. 
Well, at this point, you know, Makai Becton is a luxury because he's never been available, never been able to play a full season. So you hope that he can, but you can't rely on that because history tells you that you won't be able to. But if I'm if I'm the Jets, I'm spending heavily in the free agent market. And if I had to target one person, it's somebody that Joe Douglas really knows and I believe understands his pedigree. And I, I'm looking at the fact that Orlando Brown Jr. is playing on a franchise tag and they couldn't come up with a deal. So if I'm if I'm looking at the Jets, this is a guy that's a four-time Pro Bowler, a guy that's 27 years old, only played five years in this league, that has went to the Pro Bowl at right tackle and left tackle. Once be paid as a left tackle, Joe Douglas was there with his father, Orlando Brown Sr. I think that would be the perfect replacement for not only if Becton can't get back, but also for Fant and Dwayne Brown, that you can answer that and have him right next to Langton Thompson right there. And then if Veer Tucker comes back, then now you're looking at the fact that if Becton comes back, you have a right tackle, but you have a security blanket for, for Becton already and Max Mitchell coming back off yep. from the blood clocks. So now you already have a built-in right tackle that can sit there, but now you know you have a all-pro pro bowler right there at left tackle. You know, you talk about Joe Douglas building his line the right way. You know, Orlando Brown has, I don't believe, ever missed a game. And if he has, he's missed one. And he's going to, I believe, his third or fourth Pro Bowl in just five short seasons. So I think I, you address it there. And also you look at, you know, the fact that Brees Hall, we, we know that he's a superstar. But unless he's Adrian Peterson, he's not going to come back and hit the ground running. So I would want, love for the Jets to go out there and go get a Kareem Hunt who wanted to be traded, a guy that understands how to share a backfield, a guy that also understands how to play at a high level. He's a great receiver of the ball. And now I feel confident that I don't have to rush Brees Hall back immediately. Quinton Williams was vocal that he wants a new deal. Jets GM Joe Douglas said, hey, we love Quinton. We want him here. Robert Sala, I talked to him about Q throughout the year. He said mm -hmm. he's the guy that you love on the field, off the field. He does everything right. Do you anticipate this deal getting done? And uh, Quinton put a timeline on it, and some players do that. You've been around. Uh, you've been part of the negotiations that happens with players and teams. Mm -hmm. He wants to have a deal done before the start of OTAs. Yeah, I mean, because he wants to make sure that you know, we're all creatures of habit. He wants to make sure that he's here and able to participate in the offseason program, do the things that have made him successful and allows him to make that jump. And he wants to just get the security. He's done everything the right way. And, you know, we know what the market is. The market is anywhere from 24 to $28 million per. Right, Aaron Donald at the high end, and you think about some of the other guys in the middle, Chris Jones and all that stuff. I think Quinn comes somewhere in the middle, and the salary cap continues to go up. The Jets aren't paying a lot of other players at other positions. Yeah, I think they address that, and I think you know they have some tough decisions because they may have some cap casualties. But that's just football, right? They have some tough decisions, and I'm sure they're going to sit in this room and say, okay, who from this team and this roster is going to be part of our future, and who time as a Jet has come to an end. And that's just the, the reality of every football team. WinBet is bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, they have what you need to win. Jets fans in New Jersey, sign up today and use promo code XJETS. And after placing your first $100 wager, you will receive $100 to bet with. You will receive a $50 free bet and a $50 casino bonus. Again, the promo code is XJETS. 
Offer subject to change. Offer only available in New Jersey. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 or older to participate. Please visit winbet.com to view welcome offers available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. Yeah, that's just a tough part of the business, as you mentioned, because you look at the numbers and ultimately you can't keep everybody, even if people made contributions, valuable contributions to your roster in 2022. You got to look at it 2023 and beyond. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, so when you look at this, if you're Joe Douglas and you hit a grand slam with your draft class last year, um, what do you think about your messaging internally because last year of course he said we got to be playing meaningful games in December the Jets played meaningful games in December they set themselves up for that unfortunately weren't able to cash in down the stretch as you love to say the dash for the cash while the Jets were out of coins uh, late how do they make sure that okay we're not just playing meaningful football in December we're playing meaningful football in January next year well, you got to stack the debt, right? You got to have a tremendous offseason and free agency, and you have to make sure that you have a tremendous draft. You got to be able, if you can get a draft class, not like just, I don't want to just highlight this draft class. I want to highlight the draft class before. Because yep. I feel like Elijah Moore is a star. They got to figure out a way to get him more involved, and that's what the offseason is all about. I think that Mims can still contribute at a high level. I think he showed a lot of maturity by being able to be ready, stay ready, and do everything the coaching staff asks him to. You, you can I look at Vera Tucker coming back, but also Brees Hall. You talk about, you know, being able to find Bam Knight and what he's able to do. They're you know, also and, high on uh, Jeremy Rucker, the tight end from Ohio State. Right. So, I mean, that's what I'm speaking of. So you talk about Jeremy Rucker. So you talk about, okay, let's look at the tight end room. Does he graduate into being a, a big contributor? That means that somebody has to, has to go. That's just the nature of the business. Whenever you can go younger, cheaper, you go there. And, you know, the Jets have a couple of positions in which I believe that they've done a great job in developing the people behind the starters, and it's time for them to get an opportunity. And I think I look forward to seeing that. But also if they can get three or four guys, you know, that can be uh, like Brees, like, you know, they don't need the contributions that they got. But, you know, Jermaine Johnson stepping up and being able to be a starter next year, I think that's what you hope for from a first-round draft pick. And, you know, if they can get three or four contributors there, rather on offense or defense, then that just you know makes the team younger and cheaper and, and still equally as good. How excited are you about the aforementioned Jermaine Johnson? And also talk about Michael Clemens a little bit, the depth that he provides. Because uh, Johnson, yes, he's a powerful player, and he was so accomplished after transferring from Georgia, Georgia to Florida State, leading the ACC in sacks. But where he really impressed me was his mobility, his feet, his lateral movement, is really exceptional. Yeah, I mean, you talk about everybody's going to highlight the play where he ran down Josh Allen, who thought he had the angle on him, but he was able with that four, uh, five or four, six forty. I don't, I forget what it is to be able to run him down and also have the strength and the know-how to be able to use the proper angle. You know, and you talk about Michael Clemens; he's a guy that's kind of still rough around the edges, and these guys can get a lot of polish. Like you go to these training facilities you know, take a couple of weeks off and get back to work, especially when you're a young guy, you have a lot of holes to fill, you know, go back and go to a pass rushing camps and, you know, go holler at Chuck Smith and get, and get your mind right and go down there with all those great pass rushes that he has, go back to your colleges. If that's the place where you feel comfortable at and, and start working on your craft and start understanding the game. 
and you look forward to the game slowing down for young players like that. You know, just imagine where Quinton has come from, where we saw him his first year. His second year, he realized the type of shape that he needed to be in to compete at a high level. He did the necessary improvements, and then he continued to get better. That's all you're asking for these guys, to get better, to not be the same player you were last year, to take steps forward, not backwards. What do you make of the Jets standing inside the AFC East, the Bills three-time consecutive champion now? of the division, but the Jets split with them this year, and they had a chance late in that game up in Buffalo. Uh, the Dolphins, that was a split as well. Um, the Jets closed out the year there. Miami makes the playoffs, and then New England was in position actually to make the postseason as well, but they swept the Jets. What do you think overall when you look at the division, where the Jets' standing is right now? I mean, you're right there, right? You can be, They can be first or they can be last. That's, that's the beauty of being in any division. They, they're playing with guys and teams that, you know, one has a, a, the greatest coach of all time. One has, you know, tremendous weapons and explosive ability to put points on the board. And the other one has been on the top of the hill for the last three years. Now, you got to ask yourself, who's the rabbit? Who we're chasing? Right now, everybody's chasing the Buffalo Bills because they're the cream of the crop in the division. But that doesn't mean that they're invisible. Like, it can be one of those things like the NFC North used to be where, you know, no guys repeat, you know, as, as the, the, the champion, right? You know, success in this league and status in this league is least. It's not owned. And rents do every year, every week, every play. And so let's see if the Jets are able to, you know, be able to put in the work to pay the price, to be the boss. The cost to be the boss is going out and everybody getting a little bit better. And um, for the organization to be able to improve this football team via draft, trade, or free agency. What do you think about these young rookies? Not about just the way they played on the field. I'm talking about Sauce Gardner and Garrett Wilson, who I think should be the defensive rookie of the year and the offensive rookie of the year. Sauce Gardner said, we're going to be in the playoffs next year. Garrett yeah. Wilson said, this is never going to happen again, speaking to the Jets' woes down the stretch. What do you think about their attitudes and what they brought to this locker room? I thought they brought a lot of swag and a lot of professionalism because they brought they, they backed it up. Um, I hope that they looked around and they saw like the guys that were older than them and saw what the reality is, because at some point that's always going to be you right now. They're full of vigor because they understand that they have a tremendous opportunity to play for the next decade. But they have to understand that at one point that decade will come. So I think the message to the young guys, because this is a young team, look at those old guys and realize that time is precious and you can't take any of that time for granted. The time is always now, you know, so you don't waste a rep. You don't waste a, 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 a practice. You don't waste a game. You don't waste a season because you never know in this world or in this league when that, when your last play is being played. Did those guys surpass your expectations? I mean, Gardner was incredible. Led the NFL in PDs. I know he wants to get his interception total up next year, uh, and it's good that he's going to be striving for something next. But nobody mm -hmm. got off against the Jets on the outside. you got to credit both him and D.J. Reed, of course, who I would argue were the best cornerback tandem in the National Football League. And then Garrett Wilson. We talk about quarterback instability. The guy had 1,100 yards receiving this year. Yeah, it's amazing, right? And really, with no threat of a run game late in the season, you know, you, you want to figure out because it seemed like they were taking turns, right? When Brees Hall was there for three weeks, 
the offense went through Brees and you saw Wilson's production kind of dip. You got to figure out a way to kind of get both of them going at the same time, which makes the Jets so much harder to defend. So, yeah, I'm trying to think. I think the goal for Brees Hall and the goal for Garrett Wilson is to be the best running back receiver tandem with those type of numbers because you want to be able to have and provide that balance. And I think if they get that balance and they're able to find a way to get both of these guys going at the same time, the Jets, if they if protection holds up and the offense line is improved, um, could be really, really something special. Agreed. Uh, speaking of old players, I'm not calling C.J. Mosley old, but comparably to a couple of those guys in the locker room, he is a gray beard. He said he wants the players to watch the postseason and it should hurt. What do you think about that, the message coming from one of the captains inside that room? Yeah, I think it's appropriate, right? You you can't turn yourself off and say, I'm not going to watch football because I don't want to see anybody get it. I think you need to get that pain. I think you, you need to be able to get that hurt. But also you need to pay attention to the type of caliber of football that's been played during the postseason to know what's expected and know what the expectations should be and know what the degree of difficulty is going into – environments watching guys make mistakes watching guys rise to the occasion so that you when you get in that position for the first time you feel like you've been there and you know what it takes to win playoff football all right we're gonna put you on the hot seat real quick this weekend's games predictions seattle at san francisco 49ers a big favorite 49ers should be and i think they're gonna win and you know i think that it's, it's been a great season for Seattle. Next year, with all that draft capital, they got Jamal Adams coming back. I think you know it'd be a much fairer fight when you think about Seattle and San Francisco. How about the LA Chargers and the Jacksonville Jaguars? Jaguars beat them up pretty good, but that was earlier in the year. How do you see that playing out? I mean, I think that you know finally, you know, you look at how healthy um, the Chargers are getting. I think you know ultimately, I think Justin Herbert's slightly better. Um, and I think the fact that Bosa's back, if Mike Williams' back is intact, I think outside it'd just be too much to handle from a defensive standpoint with Austin Eckler, who I feel is like one of the most undervalued and underappreciated running backs in the game, with Keenan Allen and Williams on the outside, I think it'd be a bit much. And if they continue to get healthier, I, I hear that Slater is starting to practice. Mm-hmm. He won't be here for that game, but they can be a team that's dangerous late in the season as well. Dolphins eats one out over the Jets in the regular season finale. That was 11 to six score. Yeah. Uh, they're going to Buffalo. That's going to be a tough challenge with Skylar Thompson getting the start at quarterback. Yeah, they can only put up nine against the Jets. I think now it's just too much. And they, if they were going to have a chance, they needed Tua Tonga Valoa to be available. And the fact that maybe Hamlin is going to show to the game is going to be a very emotional scene. Mm. I think the Bills will be able to ride that to victory and then a big victory at that. Interesting game between the Giants and Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings won a lot this year, and the Jets know this awfully well. A lot of people, I think, probably left their locker rooms after playing Minnesota thinking they should have won the game, and the Giants had a close one with them in a regular season. How do you see this one playing out? I mean, I think when you talk about uh, rematches, it went down to a 61-yard field goal. When you talk about rematches, you have to ask yourself, what coaching staff do you trust to make the necessary adjustments and be able to have plan A and plan B? You know, Kevin O'Connell, who we all know dearly, uh, is a young coach, but he's very limited as far as being able to make adjustments You know, in this game. I think you give the, the edge to Brian Dayball and Wink Martindale and being able to go in the rematch and devise a plan that if the Minnesota Vikings didn't shore up some of the things that they were vulnerable to last time, 
then they can exploit that. But if they come with something new, I feel like they'll be able to have a counterpunch to the punch of Minnesota. I think, you know, Minnesota is a very, very, very vulnerable, you know, favorite this week. Monday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys, they look very beatable, but they're playing a Tampa Bay team that has struggled mightily throughout the year as well. Seems like a toss-up on paper. How do you see it playing out? I mean, you look at the the current the, the recent play of Dak Prescott. You look at what he's been doing as far as you know an interception in seven straight games. Some of those were pick sixes before that, and a lot of the turnovers was in his own territory. So that concerns you, and more pressure is on the 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 Dallas Cowboys than anybody, right? You talk about their coordinators are um, names are out there for head coaching jobs. You talk about Mike McCarthy. You talk about the expectations before the season for Dallas Cowboys. When you talk about Jerry Jones saying, "Hey," You know, we should. I, the expectations go deep in the playoffs, not just make the playoffs. They didn't win the division, and you know, so I look at a guy like Tom Brady who's playing with house money, a team that has a very, very strong pedigree. You talk about Via Vea coming back, uh, Keem Hicks who was hurt early in the season coming back, should be able to maybe make that Dallas run game one dimensional, and then if that happens, it's going to put it on the shoulders of Dak Prescott. It's going to be a very interesting game. This is a game that is going to have ramifications and more, nobody has more pressure on them in the playoffs than Dallas Cowboys because on paper, they should beat Tom Brady. But how many times have we said that about the GOAT? Who's going to be playing in the Super Bowl in Arizona? Uh, I believe that it's going to be San Francisco and um, the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to hold you to it because we're <laughs> keeping receipts here on the official pod. You know that, right? Ah, yeah. Hey, All for the three seats. Hey, enjoyed it this year. I hope uh, you did as well. Always you got a any message for the fan base? Because you know them very well. Yeah. Well, listen, the Jets are in position. Next year is the year where you have to make the playoffs. Next year is the year where everything comes together. This thing's been simmering, and we thought it was ready. We checked the temperature. We cut the meat. It was still not ready yet. So next year it should be ready. Trusting Joe Douglas and Robert Sala to make all the right decisions. Woody Johnson as well to make sure that this team is going in the right direction. You have a tremendous foundation, you know, and you got a basement. Now it's time to go ahead and build the uh, rooftop outside deck. Great stuff, partner. Always a pleasure.